after Will Anderson Jr., who's the next edge that you should know in this class? We take a deep dive into the entire class. We rank them one through ten. We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson. You can always find me on the ones and twos. Um, I'm on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network and your favorite local, favorite and local running back guru. And as always, I got my boy, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. And you can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. Yes, sir. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in, man. We're, what, two, three days away from the NFL draft now. And like we said, man, we're still rolling these positional rankings. Let you guys know where we stand before this NFL draft. Yes, we're putting our name on it, man. This is how we feel about those draft prospects. But guess what, man? We did cornerbacks, right? And we know what they say, man. DP, what they say? The back end has to work with the front end, right? So now we're about to get into these defensive linemen, man. We're starting off with our first two segments, DP. We're talking about those edge rushers, man, because there's a lot of polarizing names out there. We're going to see where we fall amongst that. And if we agree with the consensus with everyone out there, we may disagree. Me and DP, right? We never know, man. And then we're going to finish this up talking about a defensive tackle class because this defensive tackle class has been hasn't been talked about, but we know that the NFL is transitioning to running the football. So some of these guys are going to come off the board, man. So DP, let's get this thing started, man. Your top five edge rushers. Let me hear it. Man, my top five, Keith, is, of course, the Terminator out of Alabama, Will Anderson Jr. at the top, and there's a drop-off after that. There's no one close to him, in my opinion. Number two is Miles Murphy from Clemson. Keith, number three is Derek Hall from Auburn. Number four is Tyree Wilson, which we'll talk about, from Texas Tech. And number five is Will McDonald IV out of Iowa State. Okay, let's we disagree, right? We have some disagreement, <laughs> baby. One thing we do agree, though, we agree that Will Anderson is the number one edge guy in this class. Listen, I know I've seen mock drafts. I've seen other things. Tyree Wilson going to front. If they do that, let me tell you this. That will be a mistake. That's just how I feel about it. Will Anderson, what he brings, we talked about it time and time again on this show, right? What he brings as a player, there's still room for development for how good he's been. He still can get better. And then also, man, what he brings as a person to your franchise. So that guy was no doubt the number one edge rusher. I think we're we're, we're synced with Miles Murphy being the number two edge rusher. I don't know what's the confusion about that. This guy, he's proven. He's a proven productive pass rusher, 6'6". Ran a four, what a four, five, or four, six, something like that. Four, five, and, one. Yeah. So I, I mean, what are, what are we talking about, right? The guy, <laughs> the guy should be edge number two if he's not edge number two. The DP curveball, baby. This is where we split ways. This is where we split ways. I went, and he's not even in your top five. I went Tennessee's edge rusher Byron Young. DP, when I brought in. I bought all the way in. I'm in. I'm 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 in. I'm standing on. Said all the chips are on the table, baby. On the table, Byron Young. Don't let me down, baby. Do not let me down, man. Listen, we talked about it, man. This guy, we had a well, I think we did an episode on him, right? This mm-hmm. guy's first step, man, is is probably second to none 
in this draft class. He's a hand in the ground guy at Tennessee. I think if he puts his hand or picks his hand up, I'm sorry, yeah. and he's a stand up outside linebacker, you're looking at a double digit sack guy, man. So I went, I went Byron Young at number three. Then we agree with this. We, we put, put Tyree Wilson at number four, which I think is appropriate for him because he does play with power and everything else. Then number five, DP. I went your guy, Auburn, Tiger. Derek Hall had to show him some love. This is a guy that I would definitely take the back end in the first round. Yeah, Keith, I think I know I know for, for me when my list, people are gonna look at it. When they hear Derek Hall's name at number three, they're like, DP, what are you doing? Tyree Wilson is there. Talk to him. What are you what doing? Are you doing? But, I'm gonna tell you, man. Listen, when I pop on the tape of this young man, Keith, you know, six what, six four, two fifty-five. We saw him up close and personal down in Mobile. This is a rocked up, this is legit two fifty-five. Like this, this is a grown man. man. Like this, this is a grown man, man baby. But like Keith, when when they talk about Tyree Wilson's power, I always look at it and I feel like his power is more momentum based, more build up, not static, like immediate, right? When I watch Derek Hall off the edge, Keith, a guy that has won truly on the edge, not reduced inside, right? Not head up over guards or shaded inside. He's one on the edge. He knows how to do that. But you see that 34-inch, uh, 33, 34-inch uh, uh, arm length that, that he loves the long arm, that, that long arm stab. But that ability to convert speed to power, the power in the run game, the understanding and knowledge of how to uh, close gaps while maintaining outside leverage, Keith, is really paramount because that allows him to stand up as a 3-4 backer on the edge and play either outside of the tackle or outside shade of, of the tight end if he's on the strong side, Keith. so And then I watch a young man that has started to work on and develop counters and listening to him, I just I listened to a young man at the combine and every listen, even talking to his defensive line coach, everything that I've heard about him, he's a worker. He's gonna work to be one of the mm-hmm. best that he can be. And for me, when I look at him over a Tyree Wilson, Tyree does have the size and the arm like he, he look all the things that make him look good and look better. But when I pop on the tape, I don't see Tyree Wilson as a better edge player than I see a Derek Hall. Yeah, so I, okay, let's quickly because we have these rankings, right? And we both have Tyree Wilson at number four, which can be surprising to some of our listeners. Like, hey, what, what is the thought behind that, right? And so I quickly want to get into that conversation of, listen, we're talking about edge rushes, right? And the reason that the edge rushes are going so high, they become a more coveted position is because we're talking about affecting the quarterback, right? So you want an edge rusher. And this is kind of what my rankings were, were predicated off of, right? Yes, I want you to play the run, but I want – a large of your priority, right, to be able to get after the quarterback. Like, Von Miller is going into the Hall of Fame as one of the best edge rushers of all time. And guess what? We don't say anything about the run game with Von Miller. So (laughs) I want you to be able to – like, you you don't, right? Like, he's kind of like Deion Sanders with the cornerback, right? I'm not worried about the run. I get after the quarterback. So I kind of want the same thing from my edge rusher. So, listen, I think the conversation with Tyree Wilson is this. He can be serviceable against the run. He can be a high-level football player against the run, but you have to ask yourself and ask your team, do we need a run stuffer or do we need a guy to consistently get after the quarterback? Because that's the conversation that needs to be surrounded around Tyree Wilson. Not that he can't get after the quarterback, but there's still some developmental things there for Tyree Wilson, man. And listen, I agree with your Derek Hall point. I, the dude was just country strong, right? Like you just get one. I don't even yes. know if he's from the country, right? He could I'm pretty sure. City. I saw his I, ride I, I, down I, in Mobile. I'm pretty sure he's from the country. I saw his car. His yeah, truck. yeah. It's, it's, I'm pretty it's, sure his brother's from the country. <laughs> you just get those vibes, man. Listen, man, I, I threw a curveball in them. 
with Byron Young from Tennessee. I like I said, man, I had to stand on that DP. Man, you went you went Will McDonald, right? Like you went you went Will McDonald in your top five. Um, and he he wasn't in my top five DP. I'm not wow. gonna say where he ended up on my list oh, or God. if he even ended up on my list, DP. He may he may not even made an appearance, man. <laughs> but listen, this is what I want to do, man. We're about to transition in segment two. We're talking about edge rushes six through ten. So now we're talking, we're still talking about the back end of the first round going into the second round because this is a deep edge rusher class. So coming up next, man, we're getting into edge rushes six through ten. DP will discuss Will McDonald. I'll reveal if he's even on my draft, on my on my top ten or not. And we're going to get into that coming up next. Grand slams, no hitters, and double play, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet does not win. Listen, guys, you can really do all the different things, you know, uh, pick where their pitcher can go over or under on the strikeouts, right? You could build a SGP with your favorite matchup of the day. You name it, FanDuel has it. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Keith, you 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 ended segment one with uh, me having Will McDonald in my top five. And I'm going to tell you, man, you know, I, I walked away impressed with him. You know, he has the length and the, the frame, but the quickness off the ball, the, the ability to bend around the edge, his hands were better than I expected him to because for, again, similar to like Amaje Sanders and some of the other edge rushers we've seen, but these teams that run that kind of 3-3-5, three, three, they'll reduce these edge rushers into a four-point a four stance as a five-tech, and you just assume, for me, when I, I, when I saw that, I was like, man, I know his hands aren't where they need to be. But then when I watch him stand up on the edge, Keith, I actually saw a guy that had a, had more of a plan in, in, in terms of where he, how he was going to rush, how he wanted to win, uh, what type of angle he wanted to set uh, versus the pass set of the of the uh, offensive tackle, Keith. So I just saw a young man that, that had one of the better pass rush repertoires um, and plans where a lot of these guys are so athletically gifted, they're still developing their plan right now heading into the NFL. I really like what I saw from Will McDonald. I DP, I left confused, man. This was some tape, and I watched it. I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm buying what he's selling, right? And, and listen, and I think Will is not a good football player, so I'm I'm, I'm going to read off the rest of my list, and I'll reveal if he even made my list, right? Oh, so man. I'm going to start with number six, man. Number six, and this is a curveball. This is a name that we haven't talked about too much, and a name that's not really in any circles, man. Is is USC's edge rushers. Tuli Tua Pelotu. I really liked what I've seen from a process perspective, right? Then with number seven, man, I have Georgia's Nolan Smith. Look, we know everything is there, but it has to be brought out. It has to be developed. And then so next, man, going with another developmental guy that's pure projection at this point, man. He can play the run well. We had that conversation. That is Iowa's Luca Van Ness, right? If this was an interior defensive line category, he may have jumped a whole lot higher for me. Then I'm going to go with Felix Duque, Kansas State edge rusher. I like what I see from this guy. And then DP. At number 10, man, Iowa State's Will McDonald. He made my list, man. But I have a tie oh. between <laughs> I have a tie between him and LSU's BJ Ajalari to round on my top 10. I kind of cheated. My 10 has 11. 
But, you know, it, it's, we, we make the rules, we bend them just a little bit, man. But Will McDonald came in at number 10, DP, him along with B. Josh Lowry. With Will, I'll say this. When we seen him at the Senior Bowl, I seen much more of a path to success, and we talk about that time and time again for him versus the film that you watch because of the three three five and a lot of him crashing and even some of his sacks to me, to be honest, right? I don't think it was a product of him necessarily beating offensive tackles. It was because of twists and stunts and, you know, it's it's working back and working through and things like that. So his, his film was real clutter. You know, we talk about having clean, clean evaluations, meaning that yeah. you see exactly what the player was. I didn't see that, right? And I, I'll be honest, right? I didn't see the, exactly the projection for him. And I can see how people can buy into the upside. Like I said, when, when we seen him at the Senior Bowl, there was a lot there for him. So just to, you know, wrap up the Will McDonald conversation, I, I see where your potential is. And that's not someone where I'm like, you know, if you had him top two, we would definitely have to talk yeah, about no, You know what I'm saying? No, but no. if you're buying into upside, I definitely seen him being a top five player. But DP, man, listen, I, I went off my, my six through ten um, now let the people know where you at with six through ten. Man, for my six through ten, I have uh, you know Byron Young coming in at number six uh, from Tennessee. I have Isaiah Foskey at number seven. I have Nolan Smith uh, at number eight. I have Luca Lucas Van Ness at number nine, and I have Keon White at number ten from Georgia Tech. So Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, and of course Nolan Smith from Georgia. And for me, Keith, um, you know those last three guys are such projection style prospects. Can you read With, off the last three again? Just yeah, read off so the last, the last three were, uh, so of course, Foskey, uh, Byron Young and Foskey. Then I had, um, like I said, I said, Nolan Smith. No, yeah, Nolan Smith, Van Ness, and then Keon White. It was my last, those are my last three. So uh, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Keon White. And those are like, they're, they're toolsy guys, Keith. Like, all three of them. Nolan, we saw what Nolan Smith did at the combine. We saw... You know, both Keon, we saw Keon White down at, at Mobile and at the Combine. And then we saw um, uh, Lucas Van Ness at the Combine. But, like, these are all kind of raw prospects in terms of just pass rush plan, repertoire, moves, right? Lucas Van Ness, like you said, if he's an interior defensive lineman, he's probably one of the best in this class, right? Like, of course, after you jump off the cliff into the ocean and get to the bottom, to you know, after you leave uh, Jalen Carter – because you know Jalen Carter's that cliff, you know what I mean. You got to jump way down to get to the next guy, in my opinion. But like he, you know, Lucas Van Ness, a guy that wasn't supposed to play edge, like he was just playing defensive tackle, and then they put him outside. And those reps against you know Paris Johnson, him collapsing and reps of him out overpowering, you know Peter Skaronski really took off on Twitter and really showed. And then he's a too legit two seventy five two eighty. But it's like okay. Are you going to stand him up? You know what I mean? I think the, the path for success is, can he be a Ryan Kerrigan, Keith? Right, can can right. he be a Ryan Kerrigan? If he could be a Ryan Kerrigan, as we all know from the for, former Washington, at the time they were the Redskins, if you could be a Ryan Kerrigan, then yeah, cool. But I'm not, you know, I don't think he's, I think he's a ways away from that, Keith. And then, of course, you know, like I said, Nolan Smith, he has the ability to bend and sink his hips and everything. He's explosive, but he doesn't really show a processed plan, you know what I'm saying? I always look at that second, third step in the rep, Keith. What are you, what are, what are you doing? Do you look anxious? Do you look like, I, I don't know, I'm going to give him a couple head fakes and try to dip around? Do do you know that, hey, I'm going to 
strike between the between the chest plate and and, and knock and, and and rip the hand down and work the the edge? Like, do you know what you're going to do by that second step? And I don't see that with Nolan Smith. And then of course, same thing for Keon White. He's a converted tight end from Old Dominion. Keith, he missed a year. Um, I believe due to COVID after he switched the position because he got hurt and then he switched, he, tra- he transferred over to Georgia Tech. This is a 24-year-old kid, but superb athlete, physical specimen. And he kind of plays with that. He, he's not a talkative guy, but like he plays with kind of that aggression where it's like he's really cool off the field, but then you put him on between them lines, Keith, and he'll put you in the dirt. It's just about getting him more refined as a pass rusher. Yeah, so we, man, and that was the thing with going through this edge rusher class, right, Um, that it's a lot of tweeners with guys that, you know, we had the discussions, right, should we put this guy at edge, should we put him at D tackle, so with Georgia Tech's Keon White, he's a guy that I was like, is probably a defensive tackle, right, like, I don't know if he's dynamic enough to be an edge, It's much and it's much easier to just throw 10 pounds on him, tell him eat a couple burgers, lift a couple weights, gain them 10 pounds, right, and now you're a defensive tackle, <laughs> Than trying to keep him at 255, 260 his entire pro career. Yeah, he plays so at like two, he plays like 285, 290. Yeah, I mean, I think he plays around there. Yeah. yeah, yeah unless you want to put him as a 4 3 defensive end. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's that's a big part. And Keith, I, I have a prevailing thought. You know, I ain't Coach K, but I got a thought. With this edge class, you know, you know what I'm saying? With this edge class, Keith. I feel like there's more projection than like pure tape, like clean tape in this entire class. There's a lot of tools, but just right. more projection. I agree, right? Because like, and and you're talking about projections. I, I that that is when you hear the names, you know, because the, the guys that's proven production, right? We can read those guys off, right? Like, and and that's why I kind of went more of my list, right? Derek Hall was a proven guy. Byron Young was a proven guy. Miles Murphy was a proven guy. Tuli Tuapoloto is a proven guy, right? Uh, Felix Anduke is a proven guy. So that's why I kind of went, and I'll, I'll say this: um, the one guy, Will McDonald, was a, a proven guy, which right he had the sacks production, but like I talked about earlier with the process I was a little concerned about the one guy that I left off my list DP um that I'm kind of thinking I should have had in there as some spot was Isaiah Foskey this is a name that we talked about because we talked oh, about I didn't, even, I didn't even realize he wasn't even on your list I yeah he's realize. not he, he didn't make my list man and there's no it's no it's no slight to the Golden Domers man the Notre Dame the fighting Irish um he would have been a fringe guy also because watching him Right. I, I, I liked what I see. He was he did play a lot of reps, but mm-hmm. it was the bend. It was the, you know, how he got to the quarterback. It was kind of was it manufactured. I felt similarly. And I say this, I felt similarly. And it's, it's weird. Right. Because we kind of have it, it depends on what approach you took. I felt the same way how I felt about Isaiah Foskey was how I felt about Will McDonald. You kind of get what I'm saying, like to where I was just trying to figure out, OK, like where exactly do I put him? You know, like did did the scheme because Isaiah Fosky was a guy that played stack backer at times. You know, he did different things. So if I could do it again, I I would put Isaiah Fosky probably somewhere eight through ten. But then now you're talking about possibly knocking off a Lucas Van Ness and you know knocking down Nolan Smith. And because I I don't think I'm moving Tuli to a Pelotu, and then I'm not moving 
Felix and Duke because I like what they can be. So that that was, that was he that. was my honorable mention. Felix is my honorable mention. Like okay, I, I, yeah. that's one of my guys too. I really like his upside uh, heading into the league, man. It's, it's just like you said, Keith. Like there's a, there's just a lot of guys that as a defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, consistency and building that consistency is going to be so big for them heading into the league and into what year two and to really get the best out of these kids because. They have the physical tools, the power, the speed, the arm length, all of the physical makeup. But it's like, okay, where's your process? Where's your plan right now? And, I mean, in college, you don't really – a lot of times these cats don't need one because all these colleges run a ton of twists and stunts. You know what I mean? They find ways to isolate them and make them just be the best athlete on the field. But it's like when you get to the league, you're going you're gonna to face guys who are going to quick and jump set you, cut off the apex, cut off your momentum – and how do you work around? Do you have inside counters? Do you have outside counters? You know, different things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see where these guys are in two to three years, Keith. No, I agree, man. Listen, this this in talking about two to three years, right? Two to three years, we could be looking at some of these general managers who selected some of these edge rushers and been like, hey, they didn't even get it done in college. So why did you think they was going to get it done in the NFL? And that kind of goes to the projection point. But DP, listen, man, we've had a really in-depth, we went one through 10 with these edge rushes, really fun conversation, man. And there's so many different dynamics that's going to play into these guys' success as far as, you know, what position, what scheme was manufactured for them and what they have to go get on their own, man. It's going to go into the success of these guys in the NFL, man. But DP, man, it's time to just talk a couple of defensive tackles, man, a couple Big nasties. There's necessarily there's no ranking of these guys. We kind of just want to throw out a couple names, names that haven't been talked about or just intriguing points about a couple defensive tackle prospects. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is going to connect, help you connect with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey to learn who you are, learn things about yourself. Again, for me, guys, I've worked in mental health. I've gone to therapists and counselors myself. And I even learned that as a as someone who tries to focus, silence doesn't work for me. I learned that I'm more of a, uh, I need music. I need noise around me where I can kind of lock in and, and tune into what I'm doing. And it just helps, it, it helped me be, help me be a more productive version of myself, of myself. And I really appreciated that guys. I'm telling you now, you can really benefit from therapy because it gives you the opportunity to feel, uh, you can feel free to share your experience with someone that's unbiased. Um, you know, whether or not you've been with, to, to therapy personally before guys, you can tap into it for the first time and, and really learn from it and learn what you need to do to get better. And, and if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, listen, give built, uh, give better help a try today. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So guys, all you gotta do is fill out a, a brief questionnaire. They'll get you matched up with a licensed therapist. So listen, you want to give up, give a better help a try, discover your potential with them. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash locked on the big boys keith and on the interior defensive line man this is a class uh, a, a group that, that you know after J- jalen carter there's like okay who's next right and we talked about two guys in the edge group that truthfully could be defensive linemen the defense interior defensive linemen and tyree wilson <laughs> and lucas van ness keith but who, who's been um who's really popped up on your radar that you wanted to give a shout out to yeah, man. So there's there's giving a shout out to, and then there's conversations, right? So I, I'll I'll list the, I'll, I'll say two names, man, that that are really intriguing to me, and that's Auburn's Kobe Witten as an interior defensive line flex guy. Um, can I think he's multiple front versatile, and then 
Florida's Gervon Dexter, man. Listen, the, the film is inconsistent, but if you can get something out of this guy, like he, he is physically superior than a lot of offensive linemen he will play against because he's 6'6", 300 pounds, you know, good 40 time. You've seen him run through the combine drills. You've seen how fluid he was. Then the last guy that I want to give a shout-out to, DP, is is Michigan's Mozzie Smith, man, a, a guy that plays physical, uh, plays at the point of attack, um, you know, just a, a, a good football player. Man, I, I like those names, Keith. I want to I want to highlight my boy down in Wisconsin, um, Keanu Benton. You know, a former <laughs> wrestler, where you know in high school he he was a semifinalist um, in, in the state you know state finals and state championship. Man, physical, powerful, good. That that, that wrestling background gives him good contact balance. You we think about the term called corkscrewing, being able to fight through double teams, plant your you know you get your feet planted into the into the earth and, and, and hold your ground, and then turn your upper body right, disconnect the upper and lower body so that you can twist through and kind of like a pliers pry your way out of that double team, right? And the guy that, you know, I think the difference between him and Mozzie is that he was asked to be a vertical threat in terms of getting upfield and just attacking offensive linemen. Not really like how we saw with Jordan Davis and Devonta White a lot last year um, in Georgia. Those guys were more so hold up the point of attack, hold up the gap. And Mozzie Smith was asked to kind of do that a lot of times too, where he would flash the ability to get vertical, where Keanu, Keanu, uh, Keanu Benton was actually told, get upfield. And he's, he's flashed some double hand swipe, long arm over, keeps some quick moves in the pass rush game where I think he's an ideal um, option as a three-tech, maybe some two-eye, where he can handle the double teams against the run, but he can also still give you some third-down value. Um, you know, in terms of rushing the passer, Keith, as well. And a guy later in the draft, man, you, for those teams – Last year, we saw team defenses go to more too high safety looks. They said, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill just destroy us over the top. Jalen Water, we're not giving that to you. We're not giving it to any of your receivers. We're going to play with two safeties back. But when you don't have when you don't have uh, big guys on the middle, Keith, to, to, for one, hold them at the point of attack, as I just talked about, but also keep your linebackers free, right, and keep them clean, we're going to run the ball on you all day. We can control the clock. With Gerard Clark down at Coastal Carolina, a mid-major young man, a mid-major kid, right? You know, down nope. down there and, and, you know, here in South Carolina, he's a former tight end. This kid came in at like two, I think he came in like 230 his freshman year. He redshirted, gained 85 pounds throughout the season, and switched over to defensive tackle. And you see that that kind of quick athleticism off the ball um, when when he's especially when he times that snap well. You see the power. He's still somebody that because he's new to the position, Keith. He's still learning how to use his hands and his arm length and his heavy punches, how to deconstruct blocks quickly. But man, I think this this young man can kind of come in. He reminded me a lot of Travis Jones from last year, right? Oh. Travis Jones being a day two pick, being able to, for the Baltimore Ravens can put, line up in that that true three four all all front type of defense as your zero tech and and, and really two gap. He can get in the backfield, create surge and penetration, and really disrupt the timing, not just of the passing game because he shows those flashes, but disrupt the timing for uh, my fellow running backs, and that's something that we can't stand getting the ball. In a big boy is pushing his way already back there before I touch the rock. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm with you, man. Looks, I'm gonna throw out one other name, man, before we wrap. And I went Byron Young, right from Tennessee in the edge group. Go Byron Young, double down, 
lineman, double down on the Byron Young, man. Listen, and I'll tell you this, I, I expect this guy to get drafted much higher than people think because um, the character is, is, is through the roof. This is a guy that I've known from my time at LSU and recruiting, and then I had another time, you know, we talked when we was at in Mobile, man, at the, um, the Senior Bowl, and man, you just talk about just a, a good person, right, that wants to come in, work hard, self-aware, loves the game of football, understands helping him and his family, you know, just doing things the right way, so I wouldn't be surprised about, a you know, a team like bumping him up a, a, a round or two, you know, if they have a, a fifth round grade, they want to get him in the third, third, fourth round grade, they want to get him in the back in the second. This is a, you know, just one of those strong guys that can hold a point of attack. Um, maybe he won't give you the most sack production, but, you know, there's value from an interior defensive lineman just simply holding a point of attack, eating up double teams, things like that. You know, he's technically disciplined coming out of that, you know, Alabama program and you know just the history of guys they put out like just last year for Darian Mathis right as a second round pick um and I think he's a bigger body and uh you know probably stronger than what Fedaria was last year no I, I'm glad you brought him up Keith a lot of people don't talk about Byron Young from Alabama um enough and, and this is a young man that can play and he like I said that that strength that physicality the whole bit the point of attack just another name from the interior defensive line group that comes through Alabama that, that knows how to stop the run and give you a little bit in the pass game as well. I, I, I like that name, Keith. But, guys, listen, that's our defensive that's defensive line. We talk defensive line the entire part, edge and interior, guys. So we appreciate y'all as always for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen every day. Not just every day. Monday through Friday, we appreciate all the love. And to the everydayers, we love y'all the most. The one who always tap in with us every single day, man. As always, we tell y'all, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it as soon as it is available. Um, Listen. Tomorrow, guys, we're just getting the, we're just getting more and more ready for the NFL draft, guys. We got a we got a, a late week mock draft that we're gonna bring. That, matter of fact, it's a DP and Keith edition. We worked on this together, and we're gonna talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So let's get 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 prepared. Stay tuned with us here, guys. As always, we thank y'all for making Locked On for Draft your first listen today and every day. For Twitter, you can find Keith Sanchez at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.